You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is Colin Cook with... Hey, everyone. It's Elliot. And we are thrilled to have a guest for today's podcast here. We have Ruth Herbrook, uh, who is based in the UK. Had a little bit of success, to say the least, here today, but we'll let her tell her story a little bit. But uh, thanks so much for joining us, Ruth. No problem. Nice to be on. All right, cool. So why don't you give us your, your real quick bio here about yourself, here, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, so I guess I uh, I live and work in London, uh, working for financial services, so quite a busy job. Uh, I got into triathlon probably five years ago and started off just as a kind of sprint distance, uh, little charity triathlon, joined the local club, kind of got more and more into it um, and kind of worked my way up the distances. Uh, and then so this year was then my sort of second year of doing Ironman alongside uh, sort of half distance so yeah kind of progressed I guess reasonably slowly compared to some people but um yeah it's been fun been fun yeah and so you, you uh you've raced in Kona twice now right yeah this year was my second year so kind of went back uh wanting to win uh kind of put a lot of it, a lot of energy and work and different and well I guess money as well <laughs> really this year into it and um yeah and thankfully it kind of paid off so yeah, I'd say so. So for our listeners that aren't aware, uh, what place did you get this year? Uh, so I managed to win my age group and come third age grouper overall. Right. So third overall age grouper and a world champion in the 25 to 29 age group, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I mean, a huge congratulations, man. That is that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean... I said to my husband uh, afterwards, actually, it's mainly kind of relief when I crossed over the finish line, I think, because I'd put so much uh, sort of like mental energy into having that as my goal. And I've been quite public about, you know, like to sort of friends, family and and people that I spoke to that that that, that was my goal. So actually being able to achieve it was kind of, yeah, definitely more of a relief as soon as I crossed the finish line before kind of being really happy about it. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Um, and so you said you're you're married. Um, do you have any kids or anything? No, no kids. I'm like honestly, people that have kids and have jobs and manage manage to do it. I have no no idea how they do it. That's the way I feel too. I don't know how Colin does it. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Like it's, it's hard enough trying to juggle training around work, let alone then trying to factor in like kids. You know, like, I think I probably. The, the amount that I see my husband and that we get to spend time together when we're not both 
really really tired so like he's um, a very good cyclist yeah like, like so I, I don't know how people do it with, <laughs> with kids it's amazing hats off to you yeah thank you thank you yeah it's all when there's a will there's a way I like to say right you know we, we make time yeah. We enjoy, so uh, you know uh, it's good. But uh, uh, that's great. So, um, your husband is he a competitive cyclist, or he just uh, trains a lot, or what? What's his deal? Uh, yes, he's a competitive cyclist. He cycles for uh, a local team. So he's he had his elite license this year. Um, yeah, so he does a load of kind of mainly UK races, and then occasionally pops off to. Belgium or, or other places for some of the more exciting ones but yeah like it's really helpful because it means that we're both up training um and I guess he kind of gets it he he knows what it's like trying to train to compete at that kind of top level so he's yeah my sort of chief supporter that's incredible very cool did you guys meet through training at all or uh we actually met at school <laughs> okay. so cool. um but yeah we kind of got into cycling uh I guess together um and actually it was some of my cousins so before getting into triathlon like we'd probably done a couple of years of of starting to cycle um doing a few sportives and just cycling around at the weekends uh mainly because my cousins kind of got us into it and um yeah so we've, we've kind of done a lot of training together and uh, which is helpful and i think that's what kind of helped make me a, a stronger cyclist trying to keep up with him all the time <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, very cool. Well, uh, certainly not saying you have to, but it sounds like your kids would have some pretty ge- good genes here. Just, just. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of pressure on them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. And I mean, to be a world champion, only being in a sport for five years is just absolutely remarkable. Um, that's that's incredible. So, um, and I actually, for the listeners, I, I heard about you through uh, your Precision Hydration or the blog that Precision Hydration made about you. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of theirs. Do you, do you use a lot of their products? Yeah, luckily, um, they started supporting me probably three years ago. Um, and I wouldn't say that I necessarily had, like, massive issues with hydration. You know, I, I definitely wasn't, I'm not one of the people that's a really seriously salty sweater and was kind of cramping up and getting really bad issues at the end of races but um I kind of approached them because a friend introduced me to the product and I kind of said you know I really like using your stuff they started supporting me um for for about a year and then I actually joined team free speed which is a kind of amateur UK uh team that is also supported by them so I kind of then managed to carry on with them for the last couple of years but I think like, to be honest I think as well as their products just the knowledge the guys have like they're so yeah. They've got so much experience and they're so good. If you just ring them up for a chat about, you know, this is what I'm thinking of doing for my Kona race. You got any thoughts? And I think with them having competed as well, like they kind of, they really get it. So I think, yeah, like their kind of knowledge and the product is just awesome. Yeah, so true. I've, I've actually chatted with a few of the guys uh, as well myself uh, um, and uh, couldn't agree more. And they have a, if people are interested, their newsletter has some fantastic information and some great topics and things. So um, precision hydration, um, like I said, I've toyed around with some of their products and uh, they have some good stuff. Um, so I highly recommend checking that out and uh, supporting them as they support Ruth here. So um, cool. Um so we can jump into some like a little bit more about your training, but Elliot, you got any other kind of questions? Here? No, yeah, I mean, you've only been in the sport for five years, and I'm just curious, like, what are some of your ways? I mean, what's what is your advice on the fastest way to 
see improvements. I mean, you've you've had so much success so far, and I mean, you you're continuing to get faster. And a lot of people kind of work work for years and years and years, and they don't have the success that you have. So, what's your secret? Um, like for me, getting a coach was a major part in, in seeing like big improvements. Um, I think like the first step joining a club, I think if you're not part of a club, um, it's a really easy way of getting, I guess, some sort of free coaching and having lots of other like always faster people to train with. Um, and then, yeah, so then I got a coach. So I've been getting coached by Will Clark, who's a professional triathlete, uh, part of the BMC team. Um, and that just means that I don't have to think about my training. Like it just appears in my training calendar. I just, you know, I can any any time that work gets out of hand, I can tell him that I need to swap stuff around, and, and he's very flexible about that. Um, but I've really found having him um, sort of set me sessions, and then and I get like the way that he kind of periodizes my training, sort of build it up, and then give me a break, and then build it up again. Like that's made quite a big difference in terms of the improvements I've seen. Um, year on year and then I think just it's just that consistency I think you know people always talk about that but actually if you can have like a nice consistent winter of training that makes a huge difference I think like lots of people get a bit carried away and they'll have like a month of serious hard training but then something will happen or they'll just like it'll end up being too much for them and then they'll have a bit of a break and but then try and be intense again so actually if you can dial it back a bit but be much more consistent I think then you start to see more and more improvements coming through you got that Colin okay you have to be consistent <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah no makes uh makes total sense definitely agree um yeah and, and I think you know most of our listeners are in the U.S. um you know let, let's talk a little bit about you know your experience with your club and I mean um or I'm from the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, so we don't. We I, I run our local triathlon club, but we don't meet quite as as much as I think your club does. But like, mm. tell me what kind of like opportunities and things you can do with your club, like uh, on like a weekly basis. Like, what do they offer? Yeah, so my club's amazing. I guess like, I'm based in London, so obviously like there's there's probably about right. 15 clubs that I could have chosen from. Um, so I'm a bit sport of choice, but um, my club, which is full on try. Um, they have yeah they have so much on offer so we have a Tuesday run session which is either track during the summer or hills during the winter um a Wednesday turbo session in the evening Thursday there's like a whole mix of stuff like you can do a turbo you can just swim there's core there's a run um Saturday they do like a club ride and Sunday there's a club run so there's like so many things that you can do um I don't make it to that much anymore, just like partly because of work and partly because of some of the sessions that my coach sets me. But like initially when I set out, you know, I was probably going to three or four sessions a week and like it makes it social, it makes it fun. It kind of gives the variety and just turn up and you've got a session to do. So like that definitely, um, for me, made a massive difference. But yeah, I can imagine if you're kind of in the middle of nowhere and there's not really a club to train with, it's, uh, yeah, a bit of a different story. Right. Well, I mean, and also I feel like actually in the, the winter, so like I do run a, a group ride, uh, like on our trainers, uh, it's Saturday when we're recording this, you know, this morning and, uh, we get a decent turnout and I do, I think it's tremendously valuable to train with others. Um, but I mean, when you have a smaller group, you know, and then you have different people of different speeds and skills and things, you know, it gets it even harder to be able to have people that you could actually train with. But when you're in that environment and, you know, depending on the type of workout of things, uh, 
um, it's it's certainly doable. And uh, but how many how many people are in your club? You know, uh, I think we've got about three hundred and fifty members, but yeah. it's probably about a hundred people that kind of That's turn regular. up quite yeah. regularly. Yeah. But I think like the other thing that I've then found uh, like really helpful is Swift. Um, so just from a being able to, because again, like, so because of work, I've had to do a lot of like very early morning turbos. Um, you know, sort of like waking up at quarter to five and trying to be on the turbo for about five o'clock. Um, so there's not many people that <laughs> that kind of want to come and train with me. Um, but if I hop on Swift, it means I feel like there's other people I'm training with. You know, there's always people on from across the road, uh, across the world. Um, and actually, now that you can put your workouts in or just join rides, there seems to be like so many different options as to how you can train on it. Um, so I found that like really helpful. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it just continues to evolve here, but absolutely, I'm in a similar fashion. Uh, 4 a.m. is usually about my start time, time oh. seven days a week, but. Uh, um, or not start time, not the wake up time, but uh, um, yeah, you know, Zwift gives you a really good opportunity to be with people even when you're, uh, you know, on your own. So uh, yeah. that makes sense there, totally. Um, very cool. And how about, um, and, and I guess maybe we should ask this earlier, but like, do you have any kind of swim, bike, or run background? Like when you were younger, like did you play sports or what, what was your background prior to starting triathlon? Uh, so I've always been quite sporty, but never specifically in like swim, bike and run. Like I used to play hockey all through school. Um, so yeah, like, I did a little bit of running, like a bit of cross country, but I was never very good. Like, I was, I was always the kind of endurance person. So like on the hockey pitch, you know, I'd be the one running around all the time, had zero skill, <laughs> but I could just <laughs> keep running. Um, so yeah, so I, um, Nothing specific. Again, I did a little bit of swimming when I was younger, but not really to any kind of good standard. Um, so yeah, kind of. I had some of the basics, but nothing particular. I kind of. I like. There's often times in the pool where I wish that I had tumble swimming. Um, I think you know the people that come from that swim background, they just have that technique that I, I really just don't think you can teach yourself when you're older. I think there's a. You know, I think there's a lot that you can do with strength and just building and, and trying to work on technique, but I don't think you'll ever get to the kind of the same point as someone who probably did swimming when they were younger. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Lionel Sanders is kind of starting to disprove that a little bit, but for people that yeah. aren't the train that much, um, you know, and realistically with, with lives and work and families and things like that, I mean, as a coach, it's, it's hard to, to admit that, but I have to say that that's, you know, really is true. And, you know, absolutely. I mean, they say, you know, you just can't develop that comfort in the water, you know, unless you swam a lot as a kid and so forth. So, uh, I certainly agree. And, uh, well, Elliot's got some sub one hour swims under his belt, but, uh, I'm nice. still yet to, to break an hour uh, on the swim myself. So, uh, I, I feel you, that's for sure. I mean, I feel like as an amateur, though, like, if you're around an hour, you're, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot more bang for your buck on the bike and the run if you focus on that more. So, I mean, it's not like you should discredit your swimming, but if you're around an hour <laughs> as an amateur, I feel like you're... What's in contention for right, the most part. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that, but I think... Um, I think one of the things that I find, I think as a as a female, like if you can get that extra five minutes or so, like you then have um, 
like gives you a bit of a different race. Like I think if you come out around the hour mark as a as a female, and then this is more like a Kona, like not necessarily yeah. uh, in like a normal race where it's a rolling start and you're all together, but like a Kona where you start 15 minutes behind the men, it, like it just means that you have that little bit further ahead of that main group coming out, and, and it means you can ride more of your own race, um, which I think is quite quite helpful well unless you're one of the people that wants to try and cheat and just uh, get a toe well, from right. the men but <laughs> that's a different story yeah no I, I completely agree you know I, I think there is a lot more strategy that goes into Kona than, than some of the qualifying races and things but uh, absolutely um, and do you uh, when we're talking about the bike here do you do you ride with power Yes, yeah, so I ride to power. I think I got a power meter probably about two and a half years ago. Um, okay. Yeah, and I found that really helpful. Like, I think, again, in races, you know, I don't think you should be too wedded to a certain power or trying to be really strict on it because obviously you're going to have some days when you feel really good and some days when you don't. But um, I like having a bit of a guide just to this should be kind of, uh, I guess, you know, like the, within this range is where you should be and where you should be aiming for. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, you know, I know we had uh, you had some some good conditions compared, probably to was it um, just it was just the previous year, uh, 2017, that you raised Kona as well, right? So it's yeah. been the last two years, yeah. So the conditions a little bit this year than than last. Yeah, like there was there was no wind, <laughs> which is really strange. Like the whole way out, it was like. You know, this feels quite good, but it always feels quite good going out and you kind of expect that you're going to turn around and then you'll get the wind. And, um, yeah, like, there was there was just nothing. And, like, to be honest, for me, that's quite annoying. Like, the bike's my strength. I'd right. actually much rather it was, <laughs> it was a lot harder for everyone. So I think that's where you saw a lot of the runners have really, really good races because they didn't have to work as hard on the bike. Um but actually, like, a lot of the pros were kind of talking about, oh, yeah, you know, like, best conditions ever. And I think for them, because they started that hour earlier, they had, um, like, their first hour of the run was quite overcast because that was about the point when we were coming in on the last bit of the bike. Um, but actually, it then got quite warm again when we were on the run. And because there was no wind, like, I actually found the run... I'd say probably tougher than yeah. last year because it just felt that much hotter. Okay, like no wind. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense there. Um, and I didn't check the, the results, but were you um, were you first off the bike in your age group? Yeah, so I think I I think I got I, I got up to first in my age group reasonably quickly on the bike and then maintained it and I was because I came off the bike as third overall um but then the positions all changed with the runners so like I caught up the two in front of me but then there were these two other ladies that uh were just so fast running (laughs) there was absolutely no chance I was going to keep up with them sure and did you did you know coming off the bike that you were in first in your age group yeah so actually I had some there was someone at the turnaround point who was one of my friend's husbands who said at the moment you're third overall and first in your age group um and then as I came off the bike as well I think it was maybe like the first kilometer of the run there was a couple of people I knew who told me um yeah you're you're winning your age group and you're third um and these and, and some of the time gaps which is really helpful yeah totally wow so what's going through your mind at that point 
So, I mean, when I first started the run, I was like, right, well, obviously I'm going to go and try and catch that lady in first. Because, yeah. uh, again, like one of my aims had been not just to win my age group, to, but to win the kind of overall age group race. Um, and I was still feeling quite good at that point, And I was kind of running and I got probably to like the turn point um, down the end of a leaky drive. And one of my friends was down there and they were like, oh, there's this girl in your age group who's running like a minute a mile quicker than you <laughs> I was like what like how is she running like you know I wasn't I'm like the running is not my strength like I'm, I'm a kind of average runner I'd say I do, I do all right um I was kind of hoping to have a better run in Kona this year because I had a pretty good run uh in Nice where I qualified uh but then Kona you kind of add a bit of time just for the conditions uh, yeah I was like god well I mean she's running that quickly then like I've got no chance so I definitely can't run any faster than I'm running at the moment I was I will 100% blow up um and by that point I caught the lady in second so I'd moved into like second age grouper and I knew the lady who was first age grouper overall was slowing down so I was like okay let's just keep going see what happens you know if someone's a better runner than me like I can't, I can't do anything about that to be honest um and got to about I think it must have been about 20k or so uh, and by this point so my husband's out with me in Kona this year and he was on his bike so for um like the bit when we were up on the motorway on the Queen K for the run like he was kind of cycling to various points to then give me some more splits and um yeah I got to about 20k and she just this lady that had been running really fast just like disappeared off the tracker um but then there's another lady who was also like running quite a lot faster than me who caught up a lot like she was I think like 10 minutes behind me to start with and had got up to so by the point we turned into the energy lab um which is around where we're at because they've changed it a little bit this year so i think that must have been about 22k and um by that point she was only like three minutes behind me i was like god like she's really running quickly the energy lab like i always find that it's not because it's hot like, i find mentally it's quite tough because it's just that kind of it's almost like the out and back that you can see so you can see everyone so I got to the turn point and I started running back and I started seeing all these women that you know they all looked in my mind like quite good and I could see this lady that was chasing me down I was like god like she's really she's really running well um and I was at this point I actually had a whole like little mental battle at this point as to oh you know maybe I don't need to win maybe I can just like take a break have a little walk you know try and enjoy it a bit more um but actually like I knew that my husband was waiting for me as I came out of the energy lab and I was like I can't I just can't, I can't come out of the energy lab having lost that first place and you know like he's gone to all this effort trying to give me all these splits and all this information I've got to use it and I've got to just got to just keep moving because so I'm just gonna keep moving got out um at that end of the energy lab and she got it down to two minutes and I was like oh my god okay that's a bit ridiculous we've only got 10k left she's gonna have to keep running like really quickly at this point um and then within about 1k I got to like the first drink station and I, the gap had gone out only about like 10 seconds but that was kind of all I needed mentally to kind of think that's it I've broken her if I can just now keep running yeah I, I should have this um, and there was also there was a guy from my club who'd come out who he actually got knocked off his bike a week before flying out and fractured his shoulder so he couldn't race but 
he he ran all the way out to that turn point to then run with me for a little bit and he also like then ran back to go and like, look at this girl <laughs> that was chasing me to look at you know does she look good <laughs> is she fresh and then kind of like ran back to me um so you had quite the yeah. support team out there i was just gonna oh. say the same thing yeah <laughs> yeah i had the most amazing support team and, and to be honest without them i, d- I don't think i would have been able to keep going so it's mainly like because they yeah. were there I was like well they're all here supporting me I've got to do a good job for them you know like my husband's come all the way out here I've, I've got to try and win because he's here to see it um so yeah like this guy like ran back to me was like yeah don't worry I think I think you've got her she's gone um and then my husband kept kind of like cycling back and forth to kind of say yeah like the gap's still going out a little bit so then got to the point where we're turning back down Polani need to like run that last little bit down and um yeah I mean at that point I was like I'm pretty sure I've got this but like there's still like 2k to go you're not you're not really sure um but you know started running a bit faster because it's like nearly there now it's a little bit downhill uh and yeah and then I like managed to just like really enjoy that last k in and then like all the way down the kind of like red carpet like high-fiving people and yeah it was pretty it was pretty magic feeling like pretty emotional as well like running down the the red carpet knowing that all that hard work you've put in has actually got you to go absolutely that's incredible yeah i mean you know i think that uh anybody racing an ironman regardless of whether they're trying to to win their age group or just you know to finish um you know once we the fatigue sets in you know our mind just tries to justify slowing down or walking and different things you know um and we have to have reasons to to say no we're going to keep going you know and uh um uh, looks like your your family or your support crew certainly helped you with that but um you know i think that's a great piece of advice is figure out you know what's going to keep you pushing through that that discomfort is uh is really really important and is what i think a lot of successful people are doing and, and what makes them successful yeah and that was going to be yeah. my that was going to be my question to you is not only are you talented but you have the mental game and i feel a lot of people just don't have that and I mean, is that something you've always had, or did you have to work on it? I mean, I know late in races, it's, just, it's hard to kind of coach people the mental game of things, and it seems like you, you've kind of nailed it. Yeah, I think it's kind of... Uh, I yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that's necessarily something you can particularly coach. Like, I think it comes more from how much you want it, and I think when you've spent... You know, so I got a new job, um, like still with the same company. So I work for Lloyd's Banking Group, um, but I got a new job with them in June this year, and it became like a lot more busy. I was doing like seventy-hour weeks, so like fitting the training around that was was pretty tough. And I think when you've put that much energy into something, like it's, it's because you really want it. So I think you just have to keep thinking about that. And, like, at the point when I knew this girl was running that much faster than me, and I was like, God, she's going to come running faster than me, there's nothing I can do. Like, that was such a bad feeling. I was like, you know, I've pulled this work in, there's not anything else I could have done, but she might still beat me just because she's better than me. Um, But I I kind of think, like, you either really want it or you don't. And if you don't really want it, I, I don't think there's much you can do about that. Like, you have to have, like, a really clear reason of, you know, like, either I've pulled this work in or... I'm doing it for someone else or I'm just doing it to improve on, on something from last year. But I think like you have to have something quite easy that you can just think of 
like in in those final bits of the race when you're pretty tired and you're just trying to keep yourself moving and yeah. I think you just have to keep that like top of mind and keep keep thinking of it but like it is funny like the different methods people have like I listened to a there's a podcast with Lindsay Corbin and she was saying that on the run she counts <laughs> and she just like counts like every step and yeah. she counts it per the kilometers so she keeps herself like one 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 two one two one two and I was like that's like I don't know how you could do that for that <laughs> but if like if that keeps her going then you know it clearly works but yeah I think there's lots of different techniques but I think in terms of that how you mentally just keep yourself going I, I, I generally think you just really need to want it yeah absolutely you know I talk about that at least in a while with my clients too and I think you know the passion and the will and the desire you know it has to come from within you you know and it has sure, to be real okay you know push people you know to kind of go through some of those lows but you know if you don't really want it um and it's not coming from within inside you then it's very very rare that you see much success out of those you know type of people that are really fighting that um mm-hmm. you know you have a true desire so if that's not with trap on you know it's something else then go find it you know and uh I've actually, uh, not to get too far off a tangent, I've, I've stopped, I've almost gotten people out of the sport of triathlon that have, that have been in that situation because to me it's just life's too short and, uh, you know, if you're not doing it for the right reasons because you enjoy it, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Like you, if you're spending that much time and money on something, like you've got to really want to and, yeah. and enjoy it because, and, you know, and for some people... I think some people like the idea of it and, and think that it's going to be something they'll really enjoy. But, you know, some of the people that are kind of moaning week, week in, week out, it's like, well, like, why are you doing it? Like, no, it's making you do it. Just stop. Like, if you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Yeah, totally. And, and so uh, I'm sure it varies quite a bit in relation to your races, but like, um, how much how much training volume do you do you say you put in on average in different kind of times of the year? Uh, I'd say probably on average I do between fifteen and twenty hours a week, um, and then yeah I'll kind of ramp it up a little bit in the build up to big races. Uh, but yeah, on average it'd be sort of fifteen to twenty hours a week. Um, probably doing like most days I'll do sort of two sessions a day so I'll do like a morning session and then a, an evening session um and I try and balance it out quite evenly in terms of the the sort of mix of swim bike run um and then add in you know more bike and run miles at the weekend so it tends to probably like a fairly normal age grouper style week <laughs> sure yeah good deal um nice Sally you got questions do you ever see the Brownlee brothers training? <laughs> uh, no, they are not in London. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they are probably, probably a stupid U.S. <laughs> question that a lot of people ask you. <laughs> um, no, they're probably about two, three hours away. Um, yeah, I, I, but I think like my coach actually trains with them a little bit. So he's actually just been on their winter training camp and. Um, yeah, I was talking to him and he kind of said, he was like, they're just, like, they are just on a ridiculous level. Like, you can, quite, you can understand why they're, like, Olympic champions. Like, they're just, they work so hard at it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like I do know a couple of people who are, who live near where they live and they, and they see them a lot. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think if you're in that triathlon world and you live um, around Leeds, which is kind of where they're based, then, yeah, they're, they're kind of <laughs> always training. Very cool. 
Very cool. Uh, nice. So since so, you, I have one so, more question. So since you won your age group, you've qualified for next year, right? I have, yeah. So are you gonna go back next year? Uh, it depends on a couple of things. Um, kind of mainly whether I can find someone to pay for it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and a little bit like it depends. To be honest, it depends more on if I think I could take a sabbatical or go part time with work kind of probably from sort of August time onwards um because I'd only really want to go back if I thought I could do better which would be winning that overall age group race um and I'm not sure I've got enough hours to put in alongside my current job to do that so yeah like in theory I'd like to um but it, it, it depends on if I think I can get that training in to actually make some some decent improvements um i mean obviously time-wise like I, I don't imagine that the conditions will be as good again next year um, right. but i still i still think there's a lot i can do on the run like i think you know i did like a 331 run uh i think hopefully by sort of next year i should be able to take i don't know like 15 minutes or so off because i did a 317 in nice um so it's just trying to convert that into kona done let me tell you but yeah, yeah. definitely uh, that's, a, that's a good goal well how about you know to that that's a good question and uh if you do go i hope we can meet in person um but uh um what about uh, have you thought about going professional uh yeah again definitely on my mind um but it would have to be at a point with work where I thought it was the right point to kind of take a sabbatical or try and go part-time. Um, so like, to be honest, like, my current plans are, are to try and do that by the end of next year. Um, I, I quite, I want to go back to the 70.3 world champs and try and win that as well. Cause then I feel like I've kind of ticked off all the age group things. Um, but I still, you know, like obviously a lot of people for the last probably couple of years have kind of asked me about it. Um, I still just really don't think I'm I'm good enough to to be pro. And like, one of the main things I really enjoy about the racing at the moment is that I win. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not going to be able to just, you know, pop over to the pro side and start winning stuff. Um, so I've got to feel like it's going to be the right decision and it'll sure. still be fun. Because um, I think, like, the competitive side of me, you know, I, like, I want to race the best people. I want to keep improving racing as a professional would, would clearly do that um but if i'm just coming last in a single race then that probably isn't going to be that fun so um yeah maybe by the end of next year we'll see awesome awesome yeah i mean i think you know again not to get too far up in the tangent but i think as we were talking about swim times and not having that uh, you know younger that that swim fully developed like a lot of the pros that did swim when they were younger you know and especially from a, a professional perspective you know the race is tactically a lot different right so um, you know I'm sure you'd want to have that swim a little bit sharper to be able to, to be in the mix a little bit more on the bike um, yeah so I definitely be where you know you'd want to wait a little bit on that uh, but. Uh, an AG uh, overall uh, Kona win, sir, sounds nice to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, fabulous. Uh, good deal. Ellie, you got any other questions here? No, I'm going to find you on Zwift, and hopefully I could ride with you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. They'll have to be a a morning, morning, uh, night ride, or night ride for her and a morning ride for you, I think, Ilya. Yep, (laughs) yep. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds good. Fabulous. Well, that's great, Ruth. We really appreciate you coming on. I mean, congrats again on an amazing year and uh, all your achievements, and we wish you all the best, and uh, hopefully we can uh, meet up in person next year. But uh, um, thanks so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ruth. All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for listening. And so until next time, we will uh, talk to you soon here. Take care.